Hey, I'm Adam Carolla. I'm Dr. Drew. And we are here to ask you to do us a little favor. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend. Nice. Keep the pirate ship afloat, right? Yeah. Well, that's the only advertising we got. But it's the best kind. It is. Word of mouth. It is. Whose mouth? Yours. Not yours. Theirs. Theirs. Theirs, yes. That's right. Thank you in advance for telling a friend and enjoy the show. This is Corolla Digital. Recorded live at Corolla One Studios with Adam Corolla and board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist, Dr. Drew Pinsky. You're listening to The Adam and Dr. Drew Show. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on, man. Give it on. What's going on there, Drewski? I got a little something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you know your bathroom etiquette rules. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Super simple. Very clear. Yeah, Very they get clear. Fu- they get fucked up around here in e- extraordinary ways. All the really? time. All the time. Those are by outsiders. Maybe. Perhaps. I, I Not ex- my men. I've well, trained well, my men. Y- I, you've beaten your men into submission. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes, I'll, for instance, oh, oh Gary looks incredulous. Well, there's a new twist. New twist, I tell you. Um, Let, let's be clear with the bathroom yes, rules. let's do that. Now, again, this does not apply in a lot of commercial applications that have pneumatic closers on their doors. Right. But if it's a situation like what, what we have here, we have um, bathroom doors that do not close automatically. So if the door is wide open, that is open for business, and uh, enter with a skip in your step and a smile on your face. Expect no, um, nothing with No surprises. No surprises. If the door is shut, that means occupied. This is a problem I've had for quite some time when, let's say, you're throwing a party and somebody says, eh, where's the bathroom? That's down the hall to the right and you, the door's shut. Yeah. And you assume, well, the door's pulled shut. Not, I'm not talking ajar. I'm talking pulled l- latch shut. Well, somebody must be in there. And then you don't want to knock on the door because you don't want to do the, excuse you. No one wants that. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to be on either end of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't it's always the, awkward. I don't want to be the guy on the pot. I don't want to be the guy standing no, in the hallway. I don't. And so, never good. Door closed, occupied. Door ajar, just open about four or five inches. Enter at your own risk, and usually fart fan running. So light door, on. Well, so well, there's so door ajar, light off. Buyer beware. Caveat emptor. Right. Door ajar, light on, fan on, prepare. Right. Don't fucking go in there. What's that? Uh, there's no I, – I cannot make a fourth rung on this ladder. It's just okay. the door's ajar and the fart fan right. and the light is on. Right. You will have to decide how long that door has been ajar with the fart fan on. Well, I think somebody attempted don't fucking go in there this morning. And uh, the, the door was shut and the light was on. No, mm. Nobody within. Mm-hmm. And I thought door oh. was shut. Yeah, completely. Nobody in. Nobody in. Fart fan on, light on. Oh, yeah. That, that means the porcelain Punisher either had Thai or Mexican. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I'm like okay, I'm going in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I thought I was all prepared for you know a little action, right? All right. So you say you've created a fourth rung in this ladder, which is <laughs> <It had> brought- <laughs> <laughs> the porcelain Punisher had bratwurst. So you've created a fourth rung. Sauerkraut, in- yes or no? Yes. Fourth okay, rung in the ladder is door shut, no one in there, fan on. I mean, it's so brutal that even the four inches of daylight is four inches too much. That's right. Okay. But if you're you're going into that, you're you're on a combat mission. You know you expect the action. You know it, it's like going into paintball territory or something. You, you, mm-hmm. You're you're in. You're going in knowing this something's going to go down. Right. It's a little action. Walked in, fucking sprayed that fucking pine mist all over the place. Almost threw up. <laughs> <laughs> and you were assigned a cadaver for how many years of your life? Total year. How, a, a year, year. A year. You had a cadaver. Now, you by the owned way, a cadaver. You used to take it out for walks. Well, that's nothing leash. compared to the sh- stuff that nothing. people used to spill on me and do on me. In their yeah, right. Time. Almost vomited. Now, now, ha- hang on. 
Mm. There was the faint uh, nose bouquet Mm -hmm. of some good work. (laughs) (laughs) So here's now. Now here's frankly, I would have preferred that. Here's an interesting rather rather than the the pine. The pine with that was nauseating. They fucked up the whole thing. I was really mad. I was disappointed. All right. So here's here's a possibility. The poss the possibility when when you destroy the workplace but no one is there to experience it partake. Then I think at that point you do want to go with the full door closed because nobody else is going to be able to use the bathroom because no one's there. Right. So you go with the full door closed. You let the place clear out via the fart fan. For between eight and eleven minutes, and then you go back and do the ajar. Right, that's your that's your civic duty. Duty, but your but the point is, you have to sort of keep track of things because it's easy to turn that fart fan on. See, my only problem is light on, fart fan on, and you've been sitting at your desk for forty five minutes. Yeah. Danger over. You right. got to get up and turn shut that thing that's down. Part of your duty. Mm. Part of your civic responsibility. But that fucking pine stuff. Yeah, especially it so was so confusing mm. and disorienting. Mm. And again, you know what? Faint remnant of some. What we need, order. what we need, is, and we're getting there because we're doing a lot of it now. Where it's like, you know, there's a, all this this thing afoot of you know this this Cindy Crawford photographed without makeup at age 42. Mm. You know, everyone's doing this thing where they're going bare, and and they're doing it as yeah. is. Here's the ingredients, basically. Uh, we should do air fresheners, you know, the spray that instead of smelling like lilacs or pine, just smells like less ass. Yeah, just you like, know what right, I mean? just sort of neutralizes. It still smells like ass. Well, let, let's let's let's. It wasn't not... like the, by the way, it wasn't like the shit smell was gone. Yeah, but it's... it's something like someone's shit in the tree. <laughs> well, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is you didn't think that you walked into a greenhouse where people were making strawberries <laughs> you, you understand you well, walk into if a they could have, if they could have done that that would have been fine no but but, but they, they can't they no, can't. the point that's is, the point. is you're walking into a closet where people shit <laughs> that's what it is it's a closet where people shit so you know your expectation levels not that high i was anticipating action right combat mm-hmm. i was going i could have gone to the other bathroom Mm-hmm. I was going in for some some combat. There should be a, a, a spray freshener that's basically just called hot chick farted. <laughs> where it's like it, it, it would be like what comes out of a hot chick, like when a hot chick farts, and you go, "Yeah, I, I mean, she's human, but she's hot. Like it's not that bad. Like I, I kind of enjoy it a little. It's a little sexual." <laughs> but. The pine is confusing, and it's probably confusing to your reptilian brain, too, because, like, why does this shit smell like pine or daisies or whatever But there couldn't be a more disappointing, confusing kind of experience. Right. When you're going in for combat. Right. It's one thing if it could have been neutralized. One thing could have been in a a florist shop. Right. That would have been fine. But that mix? Right. No. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And it's your, your people. Well, that's got to be the porcelain You're, Punisher, yeah? Bratwurst eating, sauerkraut eating. Por- oh, it looks a little guilty now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to get? No, nah, we're not, man. All right. So, <laughs> so now, now, what is your? But, but, what's your beef? Pardon the pun. What well, would my you like is, him to do? I, I would like them to have. First of all, uh, don't give me the don't fucking go in there. If it's really not, don't fucking go in there. He should have gone back and f- cracked the door. Mm-hmm. Right. Number mm-hmm. one, they screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, be proud. Don't 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 spray the. You don't the need spray. No, All right. Well, no. he's being you know conscious of yeah, other people. Yeah, but it's in people. the men's bathroom. Put the put that in the women's bathroom. That's fine. Okay. Right All right. I well, you know I'm surprised that those fart fans don't pull out a little more than they than they do. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They should move a little more air. It's not. It's, yeah, your people are pretty. Uh, not, there's a lot there, but yeah. I mean, it's it's in terms of cubic feet. There's just not that much there. Right. They should be moved that all out. But yeah, after it, it, it eight minutes, the, it yeah. It gets onto the wall or something. I don't know what's going on with some of your people. Mm. You know, but you're bringing up some interesting points here, which is, you know, they have coatings. You know, I wonder. Like, obviously, another bad. anti fart paint. Coatings. Well, now hold on. I'll give you an example. What if 
hold on. What if? Uh, they have uh, antifungal paints. Ah. Like if they they would put a mildew additive <coughs> in your bathroom paint. Right. The additives you put in so you don't get mildew. Uh, you don't get moss growing in the shower. Every bathroom ceiling should head up like a cathedral. But, you know, all four all four corners sort of move up into the fart fan, yeah. which sits in the middle. Right. And everything that goes. So I think there's a better way of doing that. There's also, <laughs> I just thought of this, but the fart fan should come down the wall like a ducted vent system be right behind the toilet. I mean, it just suck it right out. Don't let it get up to nose yeah, level when you walk it out. It may be denser than air. Maybe you're assuming it goes up. Again, with this crew. Well, all the more reason to drop it down. <laughs> yeah. And, Both up and down. Mm, we should heat the floor. <laughs> we should create a warm air vortex. I'm going to have like a t- tornado inside yes. my yeah. bathroom. But, there, I, you know, there's ways to do it. You know what we need to do? Let's get that uh, guy with the fake English accent from Dyson. Oh, yeah. I want Mr. That, Dyson. Mr. Dyson. When that guy talks to me about uh, his vacuums or his uh, hand knife, whatever it is, his yeah. air knife or whatever, I, when that guy starts talking to me about filtration and vacuums and vortexes, I get a boner. He seems so much better than me. You know what I mean? With right. his accent and everything. Right. He's an engineer. Yeah. And that guy has made a gazillion dollars with his vacuums. And then he brought it into the bathroom with that air knife thing where you dry your hands. Oh, right. That thing's that thing? awesome. Yeah. Let's get that guy into the, the ass game. You know what I'm saying? We need that. We need him there. He'll probably put it right on the toilet. He'll do something. Yeah. Oh, he'll do. He'll, he'll never solve escape. It. They'll never escape the John. He will solve that problem. Why isn't he on that? James Dyson. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. I I suspect that guy's like the world's most interesting man. He's some actor. You know, the guy on TV. Yeah, Saul Feinberg's the guy who really yeah. did the engineering, but he's portly and he has male pa- pattern baldness. You know what I mean? But they get this guy with <laughs> kind of great, great, yeah, it's <laughs> guy the great, uh, great English accent to get up there and tell you about suction and yeah. corners and balls. He has things on a big ball now. All right, where were we? Want to take some calls uh, already? Yeah, Jeez. why not? All right, all right. Why not? Yeah. Let's see. It's what the show's about, right, man. Right, right, That's right, why right. I do it. I'm that was you to... talking. Was what the no, show's it's about. about helping people. Allison? Hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. 42, Allison. Washington. What's going on? Well, this is um, a question for Dr. Drew, but Adam, I always appreciate your input. Mm-hmm. I am a nurse in an inpatient um, facility for adolescents with mental and behavioral health disorders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. And it's good times, Adam. It's yeah. very good times. Yeah. And um, we have right now a couple of kiddos who, obviously, under the um, eighteen twenty mark, where schizophrenia is generally, you know, dialed in as a diagnosis formally. Right. But a lot of you know schizophrenic behaviors, um, and it's a conversation we have a lot at work amongst um, ourselves about treating schizophrenia medically or with psychopharmacology um, versus kind of treating some of the other mental health um, things that we see, like the OCD and the ODD and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Yeah. And the question... So I was just curious as to Dr. Drew's opinion. I know he's worked in mental health a very long time um, and what his opinion is on that. And Adam, of I'm course, not your commentary. Sure. I'd, li- I'd like to get zero in clearer on the question. So you're talking sure. about you know, you you're in a locked adolescent unit, right? We Ch- are. So so children I don't know the first thing about psychotropics in children. So I am going to stay out of that okay. completely. Okay. Uh a- adolescents and you're asking you said you're there are character issues like oppositional defiance disorders, there's mm-hmm. anxiety OCD. issues and os- mm-hmm. obsessive compulsive disorder and you're saying the people are clear those should not be treated with medication or should be treated no. with medication. My question is, should those type of symptoms, do you think, be treated with medication oh. and hold off on the schizophrenia thing as they, you know, obviously haven't hit that? Well, but then, then you add a third thing, which is these psychotic symptoms. And, oh, and, yeah. And the psychotic Talking symptoms. Talking to their French fries and their mac yeah, and cheese. Yeah, and then psychotic, you know, psychotic mm. stuff in adolescents can 
be so complicated. It can end up being bipolar. It could be some developmental are, are neurological gonna, issue. It can be what? Are they going to find it? Not a cure, but I saw my schizophrenic brother-in-law uh, last weekend. Yeah. And first things first, he, he you know, he's, he's sort of normal now because he's not wearing fucked up hats. Oh, look at that. Stop wearing hat choice. That's how they – crazy people don't know how to wear hats. Mm. They – he would wear – like, it was the craziest thing ever. But he would show up in these UCLA hats that were like balled up and fucked up and it looked like somebody set it down on top of his head. Like, first it looked like somebody wet it and then ran over it huh. and then set it down on his head. But it would always be – and you could always kind of tell the crazy by the hair yeah. and the hat. Huh. And at a certain point, I cleaned out my hat closet because I get a bunch of free hats, you know. And I said, here's some real hats. Just put them on normally like a cap. You know, it'll – it'll it, people – at least they won't be able to tell your nuts from outer space if you wear the hat normally. It's also one of these things too where it is a weird component where you're sitting down with family members and no one goes, hey, take that thing. Shake it out, or here's here's eight bucks. Go get a new one. Go down to the Foot Locker and get one that pulls up and sits nicely and looks sort of normal. The strange thing about schizophrenia is they end up sort of recreating whatever that little style is that they fell into. They always end up doing that. What is the part interesting, which is you're a little bit nutty, but you thus must look nutty. Like, you know, go to the barber. The barber doesn't have a nutty haircut. You know, it's not like the, 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 the fade, the bouffant, the Dorothy Hamill, the schizophrenic. You know, they don't have a nutty. You could get a normal they, haircut. They have, they have trouble with self-care, including right. bathing and things like that. And uh, they lose insight. and part, They lose insight into what's going on with them emotionally, how messed up their thinking is, and how they look. I'm always kind of curious, though, why the people in their circle don't correct it. Don't go like, "Here's eight bucks for the supercuts. Go down and get that thing, and let's just, just do that once a month." Let's to just some every- extent they, they resist it and they just sort of burn out on trying to get, right. get that done. Um, but I, the bottom line Real is, quick Al- before you hang up, what's that, Elson? Real quick, I just wanted to say um, I listened to Love Line from way back in the day, and the analogy you guys made. With the wet cement, the brain being the wet cement, and you don't want to fuck with that too much yeah. before it has a chance to dry with drugs, a little dusting of molestation, as Adam would say. Um, I've used that analogy a million times in what I do, you know, day to day with coworkers, parents, kids, even, and it's so perfect. And I get told that a lot. That is like the perfect analogy. Yeah, that is right. don't thank Drew for that. Perfect. That's Adam's. That's no, why. I won't take credit for that. But yeah. I no, no, anything, meta- no. anything metaphorical. No. Not is you, Adam's. Drew. Don't thank oh, Drew for that. Of course, of course. Okay. Uh, but the bottom line, of what you're saying is, uh, I, I don't have a strong opinion. I'm not an adolescent okay. psychiatrist, and so I, I worked around that a lot. And sometimes you're desperate to uh, mm-hmm. manage kids, and medicines are your only option. And so certainly there, it becomes yeah. appropriate. Uh, obviously, well, then it becomes a court order issue. Yeah, and obviously you'd prefer to be able to put everybody in sort of behavioral management and uh, you know, and then sort of engage in some right. kind of talk therapy. But it's just not at all possible in many situations. And I was listening to a lecture the other day about Prozac and and uh, how hmm. when it came on, the incidence of suicide dropped dramatically in adolescence. Then uh, it became clear the drug company had suppressed some of the data about suicidal thinking in adolescence on Prozac. So this black box warning came out. All the adolescents were taken off Prozac, and suicide rate went way up again, especially in boys. And um, and then it went back down again when people started getting prescribed again. So when you look at data like that, it's like, well, geez, these things can really save people's lives. It's hard to argue with stuff like that. But uh, but we're we, uh, you know we're geared in a way that says, I mean, here's how we're all wired. Um, you know, DDT comes out and it's going to eradicate uh, these pests and then uh, the farmers are going to be happy and then some bald eagles get sick because the DDT gets into the water and the fish, they get into the fish and then the, the bald eagle dies and we go get rid of the DDT and then we get a bunch of mosquitoes, we get a bunch of malaria and we get a bunch of dead Africans. And so we did save a couple of eagles, but we lost a few million Africans. So we look at that as, by the way, somehow progress, 
but it's really just to me it's always just a body count like there there's there's no it's hard to come up with things that are free other than simple green <laughs> everything pretty much comes with a little baggage no, the, attached the laws to it. of unintended effect I, when i was in college the big thing was we're choking off our ecosystems with the phosphates and stuff that are coming off of the uh, fertilizers and the pesticides. So Monsanto came along and incorporated all these things into the genomes. Don't got to use those things anymore. Now everyone's freaking out about the genetically engineered food and the nutrient count. It, it, it just it, it just keeps going. It keeps well, going. it it it's, it speaks. It whispers to dumb people. You know, they go first off. There's this part where you go. You're mussing with nature, and we have this incredible. Uh, duality with mussing with nature. Like there's a part of us, and it's the same people, by the way, the same people that are for stem cell research are not for messing with the genetics of a piece of corn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. On one hand, you're all for stem cell research, which I dig. I'm I'm for it too. Me too. And uh, let's research this then. We can see if we can figure out and grow a new liver for this guy and whatever it is. But like, by the same token, I'd like the botanist at Caltech to figure out what to do with the uh, food well, source. Not not me. Not me. The well, botanist at Caltech. Yeah, that's. But, but, but are you for science or are you not for science? You, you know what I mean? I mean, do you want to play God or do you not want to well, play but God? It, gets, like, it goes into this weird place where, the oh, these evil companies are misusing science. And they may be. I don't know. Well, but all I know is that is, it seems like it starts as a well-intended sort of attempt to make things better. Well, you, just, you do this thing where it's like we're losing half the crop to this aphid. So let's see if we can engineer something that this aphid doesn't right. like. And next thing you know, you have a tomato that the aphid doesn't take care of. And then people go, oh, but that's genetically engineered. Well, everything's genetically engineered now. I mean, listen, yeah. everything... Your carpet, that that didn't grow on your fucking floors. It came out of a factory and somebody installed it. You, you know what I mean? And it's not lamb's wool. It's made of something that DuPont made or makes or some other big company well, made. I, so, what I find intriguing is that the, the folks that go, the nutrients are gone from food, are the same people taking fistfuls of vitamins every day because, well, not because there's no nutrients in your food. It's just... Yeah, that's just what you do. I, but look, I'm confused. Uh, look, here, I get confused by these things. I, I, you're well. You and I are very much. Um, we're into reality, and we're also into the. You know, where people go. You know, for me, you know, they go. If 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 one innocent person is put to death, it's worth a thousand. Uh, you know, murders put to death. I'm like, now nah, I'll take that one person. I, I that that's I understand. That's the way it goes. I mean. There, there are going to be test pilots that are lost when we're trying to develop aircraft. There's always going to be a downside to the to the free. You know, there's no free lunches. Like I mean, you want you know you want abundant, reliable power. You want to flip a switch and have your lights go on, and better yet, at the hospital, you want that ventilator on all the time. You, you want food. You want food. Uh, you want food every day. I, I mean, remember every- when we were growing up; it was, it was the world was going to starve to death. Remember? Yeah. And so that kind of got solved by the genetic engineering thing, and- right? But a few eagles may die in the quest to you and humanity. But here's being the, fed. But here's I'm my fine thing: with like, that. like n- I'm not fine with that. Let's solve that. But let's not be beside. Let's not like freak out and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, the problem. You know I mean? Yes, the problem with solving it is ban DDT. Now proliferation of mosquitoes, now millions of dead Africans. So you didn't solve it. You yanked the plug. That's my point. Right. Is that I'd rather people just go, hey, let, let's figure this out. Let's, let's solve that problem and, as opposed to making it, a, a, again, a cartoon story. People, the mass thinking is so much about cartoons. It's a good, good pirate and a bad pirate, and that's right, it. Right, right. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's right up there with uh, us. Silicone breast implants. Remember that hysteria? Hysteria. Remember the one who was saying, it's not that. These are nutty broads. And they're back. Now you can have them again. Well, you should have never been gone. But yet, you know, they're leeching into the system and blah, blah, blah. And that's, uh, that's why this crazy broad had, uh, who had a bunch of plastic surgery was feeling tired in the morning or depressed. True. Anything but the truth. Really? But, but, here, but here's my final point on this. Mm. Is that everybody, please. If, if, and I'm not saying ignore these things we're kind of making fun of. 
pay attention. But then be very careful with whom you listen to as the person that's going to solve that problem. They should right. be working at Caltech or MIT <laughs> or right. Harvard. That's it. That's it. Otherwise, do not listen. Because well, hold on. You know what or I mean? Or Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> so. They have to be a, a, a playmate. Yeah, that of course. Yeah, I but don't people even, don't know how to look at the, pedi- the the training and stuff for even to figure that out. That's the, never, that's the scary part for me. Listen, micro, macro, Drew. I say to people all the time, um, we listen to Caltech guy or MIT guy, and then ooh, Jenny McCarthy's on Oprah. Let's hear her opinion. On vaccinations. Right. She gets the same valence. She gets the same status. Yes, a little more. More, yeah. Maybe yeah. a little bit more. And, but journalists do this too. And that's, yeah. what drives me, and that's what drives me insane. There are people whose opinion we should listen to and people whose opinion you can you – can, they, they should have a right to give the opinion. I have no problem with that. But you, 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 you know, listen and then go back to the sources that are legitimate. Well, listen – I have been going that in a micro level. I've been doing this for the last 15, 20 years of my life, which is I understand how to be successful. Now listen to me. And uh, friends, family, you know, things like that. I get a lot of, all right, blowhard, are you done? Because <laughs> I got my own way. But your way involves an apartment that you've been living in for 14 years and a pickup truck that's been gathering dust on my one of my one of my warehouses. So why do you want to do it your way? Why not listen to the MIT guy over here? Now, I don't have answers like they have at MIT. I just do understand certain things. Well, you have you have a pedigree. You have an ex- you know, you can ex- I have an experience. Point, point experiential track record, yeah. And that experience will help you go from wherever you are to wherever you would like to be. And the answer is, uh, I got my own way of doing things. And I've stood back and looked at your own way of doing things. It's not an effective way of doing things. I don't know why. And as far as society goes, society is not interested in pointing that out at all. Well, I not mean, only that, I'm just realizing that I'm just thinking about the guys at MIT and you know, the real institutions of real, real scientists whose shit I read. They didn't know how to put their shit out in the media so people can digest it. They have mm-hmm. no idea. Jenny McCarthy knows how to put it out there. Oh yeah, those guys That's don't. That's the know one how, thing she's good at. They don't know how to put it out there. It's like it's like everyone. We need a no. But what, what I'm what what I'm interested in. Here's what I'm interested in, and it's 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 why, you know. Look, I've said it once, said it, said it again, said say it a million it, times. Say it again. I'll say Go. it again. Dig. Um, I did that. Uh, probably never brought it up on the air before, but I won that Toyota Grand Prix. Huh? Yes. What, what is this? What is this thing you speak of? It's a race, celebrity race. What? Um, I I'd done it two times, and I had not been as successful as I, I would have win? liked to have been. Not the first two times, ah. and then I never stopped. <laughs> but the point is this: uh, what I did is uh, before the third one, which I, I wanted to win, I called my friend Tanner Faust. He's a professional driver. He drives in Rallycross. He drives in X Games. He drove in the Pro Division when I drove, and he was very fast. Is his name made up? His name is Tanner Faust, really and he's fast. fast. And he's a good guy, and he's a good friend. Yeah. And I called him up, and he was doing, you know, Fast and Fury 6 or whatever at the time. And I said, uh, Tanner, I want to get around that track faster this year. You're not doing the race, but I'm doing the race, and I want you to tell me what it's going to take to get around that track faster. And he then told me, here's what you're going to do. And I listened to every what, fucking word what kind he of said. Things do, I'm curious. What kind of stuff did they tell you? Just, just you know, break later at the end of the uh, second straight because there's a lot of rubber laid down because that's where the drifters do their exhibition. So the drift cars would do their exhibition. They would lay down a bunch of rubber on the track. They're literally burning their tires and laying it on the track. Very sticky. A lot of traction. Everyone else is going to break early, break late, go inside. You'll be fine on that corner. Stuff like that. Interesting. And I said, uh, "Rightio," and uh, done and done. I passed a bunch of people in, in that corner, and then I won the race. But I didn't say, "Hey, man, you're not the boss of me," and "Hey, that's the way you drive." Well, I drive this way. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I wanted to win, so I sought out the advice of somebody that was better than me at what this was that I wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's specific, like driving a car. 
Other times it's life, fucking idiots. So step back. First thing I did to get successful is I found successful people and said, what are you doing? How do we do this? It wasn't all this, I got my own way of doing things. No, no. I've seen your way. It's not a good way. So I want to get around the track faster. So I talked to someone who's good at it. And he told me what to do. And I did exactly what he told me to do. Now, if Tanner was going to launch a career doing stand-up, then he should probably come talk to me. And I would give him a few helpful tips on how to do that. You see? And if he were smart, he wouldn't go, well, I'm good at driving, so I'll be good at telling jokes. He would seek out the advice of someone that was good at telling jokes. Mm. Why we don't understand that and why it's like really honestly, it's like, hey, buddy, I drive the way I drive and you can't tell me you're any better the way you drive and the way. And and then people get involved. Hey, let him drive the way he wants to drive. That's the way he drives. You can't change the way he drives. No, no. He's doing two seconds a lap better than you are. Drive like him. Don't drive like you. And then everyone jumps in. You can't tell someone to drive. It's a lot of this. You shouldn't be able to tell the person what to drive. Just because it works for him doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Everyone drives a little bit differently, and we're all created a little bit. We all have our special driving abilities. We're all special drivers. Fuck that shit. This guy's getting around a lot faster than I was, and I want to know why and how. And I wanted to mimic him. That's what I did. I don't understand. competitive, man. We shouldn't have competition. (laughs) As long as I was going to do it. Let's talk to someone who knows what they're doing. And I'm saying if you live in an apartment and this guy has five houses and you would like a house, feel free to listen to him. Right. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And as a society, let's get on the side of the guy with the houses who's explaining to the guy, not jump in all the time and make excuses because there's people that just intervene all the time and they'll do anything from... Well, you know, Chet's Chet, and he's kind of set in his ways. Shut up. And then there's the, well, you know, what works for you doesn't always have to. I hate these people. What works for you isn't always. No, no. If it works for me, it'll work for them. By and large, 99% of the time. When they do the, and that's just your method. That's not his. I know he has no method. His method is zero method. I'm trying to give him method. What is this, Drew? And then why do you become some sort of preachy douchebag when you go, look, here's what you do. Here's what I need you to do. You go, whoa, man. Whoa. I, I think it's two things. One is your, your advice would be to be entrepreneurial, and not a lot of people are constructed in such a way that they can tolerate that. They kind of have to have a salary and a structure. My no, thing, no, 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 no my my thing, my thing comes down to uh, where's your tape measure? Uh, it's in the truck. They make little leather things, little holsters. You put them on your belt. Snap tape measure. You have it so, with you so at all times. Put that, that on. That's you. the guy that needs a supervisor. I told you and a to paycheck. do it. All right, fine. I, but know. I told you go get your tape. Go have your tape measure but on. This, you. you have no consequence. You can't like, hey man, uh, your consequence be... is your apartment. No, I understand. That's, that's entrepreneurial. Life, your consequence. That's entrepreneurial. No, not entrepreneurial. It is. I, I understand you don't experience it. No, that no. Way. Ray isn't. Ray works for himself. I mean, if you want to get specific. Well, maybe he needs to be an employee. Maybe better for him because you remember uh, when you offered him entrepreneurial stuff here, he wanted a salary. Uh, remember? Yeah, no, no. Look, I understand all of this. <laughs> what I don't understand is when somebody who has success and I love that. If Mark Cuban said, I want to come down here, I want to see your operation, and I want to, I want, I want to give you a give couple, I want to give you some notes, I wouldn't be like, hey, man. I'd be like, Mr. Cuban, come on. I'd say, that, you know, make sure the place is clean and get, let's get a notepad, and I'm all ears. Now, there might be a couple things I disagreed with or I didn't think were realistic, but right. there could be a couple good break late at the end of that yeah. second straightaway, a lot of rubber laid down. I would be nothing but fucking ears. But I would not be, hey, you don't come in here in front of my people right. and talk to me. Right. And so there's the other. This, I said there was two parts. This is the second part, which is the people 
sort of resist authority, feel diminished when somebody else has something that you don't. They get envious and they can't, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Right. Well, the and, first and that's not good. That well, that's good that's all. all no, not diminished. Yeah, that's all point. Here's what being diminished is: coming in fifth place. That that's diminishing. That feels diminished. So when I call Tanner, I come from a point of um, I am a lesser person, lesser driver than you. And I would like to not come in fifth place. So the first point you're going to do is I will admit freely that you're better at this I, than I, I, I am. I wonder if people with good self-esteem would have trouble doing that because you and I don't even know what that feels like. You know what I mean? Well, so, but one could argue about the ultimate self-esteem, which is I want to I want to be on the top of that podium spraying champagne. Yeah, but you and the but the flip side of this, because I know I can't, I'm a piece of shit, so I got to I got rely on somebody to help me do this. It's just, to me, it's just very pragmatic. I realize that I am better than what my results are have been. Yeah, I I am a better driver than the results of my last two races. Yeah, yeah, and I want to. No, I better. understand. Listen, I'm in your headspace. I'm trying to imagine somebody else's. <laughs> Here's the good news with everyone else's headspace. You don't need your own headspace. Use mine. <laughs> That's, as I like to say, don't do, Gary, what I say to you when you said you'll do your best? Do my best. <laughs> <laughs> How blowhardy is that? Uh, that's, that's about as high up the chain as you get. Yeah, but do you want Gary Fultard doing his best? I wouldn't mind that. No, but would you rather him do your best? See, my head doesn't work like that. I would rather he do his best. His best is not very good. Then I'd rather do my best. Do your best. Okay. That's right. If, his, if I know his best is not very good, then, then that's, I'd do my best. That's the only time I bring it up. I'm just saying we drew, Adam. as a society, the first thing we did is we decided everyone was special. And when you're special, you're the one who's special. So what are you taking advice from Tanner Faust or professors, MIT guys for? What are you – you're special. What are you listening to them for? And then the second thing we did is we said you don't listen to people. You follow your heart. Your gut. Your gut and your heart. Yeah. You know – if you know in your heart that you're, what you're doing right is right, then you're, you're covered. These are all things that are just – Trap doors that lead you into a pit of uh, an unsuccessful life. Well, the, the other, the really disturbing part of all that is that then you look for people that corroborate or amplify your point of view, and, and you don't really you don't look at their, oh. their training and their background and their their science. You just look at do they resonate with my gut? Oh, well, whether you're talking about place. childhood vaccinations or you're just talking about apartment dwellers, there's many. You can find many comrades. Many, many. And then they get together and they go, who's that dick think he is? He's talking down to you. That's bullshit. Who's Tanner Faust think he is telling us how to drive? He don't know shit. Then you start making up stories. I'll but, bet you his dad owned a driving school. Well, but no, with something can concrete like driving, doesn't apply. Yeah. It's, it's your blowhardiness that gets, mm-hmm. gets judged. What I'm trying to say to people, and then we're going to hop back to the phones here. Okay. Get ready with stamps.com. Yeah, I'm ready. What I'm saying is this. Driving on the Long Beach Grand Prix track is very concrete. Pardon That's what the pun. I'm saying. The concrete Understood. stuff is hard. No, no, no. It's easier for people to get on. All right. Yeah, it's true. Right. This is as concrete. They can't wrap their minds around it, but I will tell you how you can have more success but in, your, in your life. Here's the difference. I think things like, because I have an academic background, it seems that these sorts of things seem that matter of fact to me, just the way your sort of experiential life in business seems that matter of fact to you. People that don't have those experiences, absolutely not. they don't have that perspective. No, I, I so know. So who are you? So who are you? No, it's the same. There's with, no driving. There's no racetrack that you it, got around faster. So fuck it's, you. It's psychology versus engineering. Mm-hmm. You know, people mm-hmm. understand engineering. They do not understand you explaining psychology to them right. or that can be systems. rejected. Right. Biological yeah. systems are much more difficult for people to get their heads around. Right. And they don't want to believe that they're that. They want to be special souls and things. Right. You know? Yeah. Nice. All right. Speaking of special. Yeah. Stamps.com. Yeah. That's right. I went to post office, dropped off a letter yesterday, and it drove me insane. Really? Yeah. Because I thought, wow, I should never do this. Now, it's my stamps were from Stamps.com. Right. I should ask them for a special pickup. 
but it was a holiday. Oh, oh he dropped one. My off. wife was anxious, oh. so I dropped it off. But my stamps was from stamps.com. You can buy and print official U.S. postage from your own computer and printer. You don't need one of those. What are those things called? Postage meters? Postage meters. Mm. Think of the past. 500,000 customers have sent 2 billion letters and packages with stamps.com. That's billion with an M, people. (laughs) Special offer, no risk trial. $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale, so you can determine exactly what the Specific post should be for that. everything, and this is the part that I, I love and I can't even like, get my head around. Fifty five dollars of pre postage. How's that uh, work? You sign up, you get they give you fifty five dollars. Uh, that's what that is. Uh, that's how I mean, works. everyone uses postage fifty five dollars, but you have to enter ads. Go to stamps dot com now. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in ads stamps dot com promo code ads. All right, let's talk to uh, Anthony forty four. Anthony, hello. What's going on, my friend? Thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> my pleasure. What's happening? Well, I was in a relationship for almost 10 years with my ex-wife, and we were dating, and then we were married for five years. And things at the end didn't get really... They were kind of hard. And We ended up filing for divorce on our fifth anniversary, and after a little bit of counseling, it just wasn't working. But now we're. it's been a few years, and we're really good friends, and I find myself... You know, we're, we're closer, and, and things were both much happier. We're both much more successful. I think we were we were both sort of unemployed and having a hard time when, in the first round, and I find myself wanting to get back together with her. Should I just let this go and just be friends with her, or should I seriously think about this? Because we're more, more mature and do you have, both a little bit better. Do you have, do you have kids? No kids. Mm. I had a vasectomy. Ooh, okay. Do you have trouble getting a vasectomy without kids? Um, It was hard, yes. Took me a couple times, like. And he times. would have been in like his, in your thirties when you got it. Um, yeah, yeah late 30, 38. Yeah, so it's a little easier than. Okay, um, I have two schools of thought here. One is, um, if you don't have kids, kind of do what you want. I mean, that's my my thing in life. Uh, on the other hand, you broke up. You kind of broke up for a reason, and I feel like this is almost adolescence. This, this feels like junior high and high school brought into <laughs> yeah. into midlife. Um, if you have no kids and you're divorced and, and Anthony, I'm wondering what you're doing because, um, he's old to be doing this. You're old to be doing it. And if you were a successful guy and you're 44, right in the middle of everything, you'd think, you know what? I got no kids. I got divorced. You know, I'm going to have some fun with some 23 year old cocktail waitresses for a year or two. When I burn out on that and I'll find someone who's age appropriate and start a new life. But I what? think I'm a little burnt out on that, like you're saying. I, I have been doing that the past few years. Oh, okay. You know, hanging out with the younger women and that, and it's been fun, but yeah. I think it's a little over that. What do you do? Are you successful? Um, I, I was. I'm, I'm currently doing my own thing. I'm, I'm a podcasting, and I'm working on some scripts that I'm writing for some people, and it's that's and that's, that's a fun thing, and I'm able to – I'm doing okay. It's just um, – mm. Uh, I'll be I honest, it doesn't more. sound like it. Uh, it doesn't sound... Doing, doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm in, a, in between fit, yes, but... Yeah, but I'm saying, do you have your own house? You drive. What, what kind of car are you driving? I'm a renter. I don't have a car. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Look, I don't want to sound like a smug douche. But but, you do. Go uh, ahead. But here it goes. If uh, I had no kids... And Lynette and I got divorced, and I was 44. I'd be like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my Jag, and I'm gonna head down to Sunset, and I'm gonna have some fun for a while, you know. And then I'm gonna see if I can get some chicks up here for a nice jacuzzi in my nice big empty house. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I kind of. It's it's sort of my George Clooney theory of life, where it's like, ah, oh, he must be sad. That, eh, no, no, he's, no, he's not. No, he's not, because he's on, he's on his next cocktail waitress, and he's not looking back. You, you see what I'm saying? So when I see a dude who is in Anthony's position and kind of pining for the past, yeah, I see a dude without I, – I, I was going to say, forget about – I, I want to know if he's driving a Taurus. You, you, you know what I mean? If this guy's driving a convertible Porsche and he's got a nice uh, house has, up in the he has canyon. No car. He has no house and he's renting. And no car. I mean, sorry, no no car and he's a renter. I'm just, I, I'm wondering, honestly, hey, 
You yeah. answer me this question. This is interesting. If I got you a, uh, well, let's just go with one of those Audi TTs, sporty little mm. Audi, fun little car. Yeah, chicks like that car. And uh, I got you, uh, I got you a place, a uh, nice place up on top of the hill in Silver Lake. Deck, view of the city, jacuzzi built into the deck. Huh? Uh, would I'm you? I'm listening. Would you? Would you get back together with this lady, or want to, or would you just want to kind of live your bachelor Hollywood hillside lifestyle, or find somebody else, or find somebody else? That's a good question. I, I think I would still like to get back together with this right. one. Well, then, then, then your answer. Then, then there's your answer. That's my answer. Although, that's, although that's I'm good. concerned, though your your reason for falling apart was that things weren't going well in your careers. And it sounds like you're sort of in the same state. He's again, got a podcast again, going again, <laughs> and, and and as such, I worry about those kinds of stressors coming to bear again. That's all I'm saying. So look really carefully at what broke you up in the first place, and make sure that a those issues aren't going to come out again, whatever they were interpersonally, and b whatever circumstantial issues there are aren't going to cause too much stress again and screw you guys up again. All right. Jeez. I, you know, I think, I, you know, I look at my kids and I think about divorce and I think, oh, my God, how could you do that to your kids? Right. You know, like when you. Right. Yes. Like I wouldn't. Even... And, and, but how can you let people think, hey, man, it's no big deal. They, they can handle it. They're fine with it. I, I had a woman saying that the other day. and She goes, look, I'm just not happy with my husband. She gets her friend. Her son is nine years old. And he's like, I want daddy. I don't I don't want you guys to break up. And she goes, uh. Listen, we're really not happy together, son. Do you want me not happy? And he goes, why is your happiness more important than mine? Wow. I thought, wow. There it is. He missed a... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to advise him next time. Um, <clears throat> but there it is. I mean, we put the parents' happiness ahead of kids' developmental progress and well-being. Well, and, and let's only... be clear. It's their ability to have healthy relationships later and feel good about themselves they can do fine in life. They can succeed in quotations, but their emotional landscape and their interpersonal lives are deeply affected. I don't care what anybody says. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I was thinking about my parents getting divorced where they didn't re- – they gave what you call a soft launch to their <laughs> divorce, which is my dad trickled down the street into his his mother and father-in-law's house <laughs> to set up camp in their den. Because they live in a one bedroom, we have to go through the bedroom to get to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So um, it was again, it was a soft launch divorce. So he he just rambled down the street, literally down the street about a mile, and uh, set up shop over there. And then he sat there for um, some period of time until eventually, I think they said, "We can't take a forty-two year old guy. We we can't take you in Grandpa's room." That's that's. The, that house had a small kitchen, a smaller bathroom, a bedroom, a living room that no one used, and then a den that was Grandpa's room where he was set up on the sofa. You can only imagine what it was like oh. for them. Uh, but, by the way, fuck your daughter over. This is who, who she marries. So, nice job. Anyway, um, he floated down the street. He set up camp. He bivouacked in uh, Grandpappy's den for about six months. Eventually, I think they had to tell him to. Move. He, he reminds me a lot of Gone with the Wind, where he he relies on the generosity of it's, others. It's, uh, streetcar named Desire. Streetcar named Desire. Sorry, wrong movie. Yeah, Streetcar named Desire. He's Blanche Dubois. <laughs> he relies heavily on the generosity, right? But he was told, you know, you got to move it on. And then he drifted down Laurel Canyon, got himself a one bedroom apartment. But there was never anything to whack up or anything. So now, as a kid. This felt very soft, launchy in the divorce department yeah. because it's not like I've met another woman. We're moving to Florida. Here's your step. Yeah. Here's your step brothers and sisters. Right. There was just he sort of drifted to my grandparents' house. Right, so he was still kind of in the family. There's still a family. I lived at just... my grandparents' house half the time. Yeah, yeah. So now Dad was just camped on the sofa. So which all seemed very normal. So what was Car- he doing for a living? Corolla. Um. He headed up uh, Beatrice, which is a Fortune 500 company that makes a lot of – they make products you know. You've not heard of Beatrice, but they make all – no, he <laughs> – fuck it. I don't know. He's substitute school teacher, something. Whatever it was, he didn't have the shekels to – I just wonder what it was even. 
How do you even like have a life living in the den like that? Uh, he drove a Volkswagen Bug, and he lived in the den. And I guess he did some substitute school teaching, okay. but not a ton of it, evidently. So then he drifted down the street, and then it was just this kind of 60-40 or 50-50 split, which is sort of back and forth to mom and dad's. But there was never any step parents, and there was never any step siblings, and not, stepmom eventually. No, I know, but when I'm talking about the soft <laughs> launch, I see, I see. we've gotten years into it before any right. step anything showed up. Right, right. And when my stepdad showed up, he showed up, you know, carrying one of those Pan Am bags. <laughs> like he didn't have, forget about kids, divorces, anything. He had a Pan Am Seriously? bag full of baggage. I he was I, I know I don't even remember that. Like I don't think he owned anything. <laughs> okay. So he had an apartment in like Van Nuys that I How'd went to mean? once. Uh, oh, it was like primal a, scream right, therapy. Right, that's right. That's Ray right. found out about. So for me, there was no the divorce was like, uh, yeah, who cares? Like I just remember, you two losers have been separated. This is like somebody breaking up a bum fight with a hose. Uh, you bum go over there. You bum go over there. And that was kind of it. Same crappy house, added a crappy apartment. No money, no arguing, no no other people, no lovers taken, no no right. nobody moved, no chaos, no chaos. I just oh, well, the ultimate non chaos, like the, the ultimate chaos, nothing. Yeah, you know, just but I just drifted. But I couldn't imagine, you know, selling the house, moving out of state. Here's your new step. Here's three stepbrothers now. You know that kind of stuff. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's insane. Right? Couldn't picture. Couldn't imagine having that conversation with the kids. Oh, I'm gonna be moving out. I mean, just rambling, I just, man. Just, just do my own thing in Florida, man. All right, let's see. Shane. Shane. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's happening? Really appreciate you guys taking my call. Our pleasure. So, uh, my question is primarily for Dr. Drew. Um, pertains to Adderall, and um, I was prescribed Adderall recently by uh, my physician, but. You know, I hear so many negative things in the media. And what what, what kind of doctor is your physician? Well, I went to my primary care, and mm-hmm. then I was tested through a psychologist who then referred me to a psychiatrist who okay. prescribed me Adderall. Okay. Why would you get the Adderall? It's ADD, ADHD. And when, um, when, would, well, you, you know, I, when would you I take could, it? Uh, I was supposed to take it in the morning, but, every day. you know, it was supposed to last every day. Adderall XR, extended release. Yeah, every day. So mm-hmm. I haven't taken it yet because I'm kind of afraid to because I hear so many, you know, negative things, you know, through word of mouth and in the media. And well, what do you hear? So what do you hear? Well, you hear things like, you know, well, oh my God, it's basically like taking cocaine. You know, there's some people who, you know, get really, really addicted to it. They can't stop. They can't function without it. There's also like people who say, well, if you have some kind of a heart condition, you can have a heart attack and die. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, I know in Canada, they put it on recall for a while. Well, hold on a second. I mean, yeah, you're up in your head, Shane. But let's talk about this for a second. Somebody tweeted me, you know. You know, when I tell people, well, there's two things people tweet me. One is they tweet me that it turns out, you know, exercise and movement or whatever is the same as blah, blah, blah in the the depression world. Then other people tweet me and they go, look, when you're depressed, depressed, you can't get up and do 20 push-ups every morning. It's called depression. Right. And I understand that. Yeah. What you and I try to reach is the truth. And there's a lot of gray area. We talk about this all the time. You get labeled this or you get labeled that. There is a kind of depression that is that is in the marrow of your bones. It's clinical and you can't get up in the morning and you need medication. And then there's a kind that would be gone the second you enlisted in the Marine Corps. Let's look at it that way. If we enlisted you in the Marine Corps, I don't care how depressed you are, some guy with a, with a Mountie hat on would come in and he'd start banging a trash can with a wooden spoon at 545 every morning. And next thing you know, you'd be climbing a cargo net. And I don't know when you'd be depressed, but you'd be up and you'd be running. And that's the way it works. So I would, or I would ask a, a 23-year-old who's up in his head about this. Try that life. I mean, I mean, try the diet. I, you know, try. Uh, look, I don't do it myself. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But what I'm saying is this. 
Wouldn't you say to your child, or, or would you say to your child, who said, I'm having, I'm experiencing some depression. By the way, there should be episodes of your life when yeah. you're not feeling as good about yourself as you could because that's the uh, ebb and flow. You get dumped by your girlfriend, you're supposed to feel depressed. Not for a year, but certainly for that weekend. And one's beyond, not George Clooney, but beyond that. So wouldn't you say to your child, let's do this, um, or this is what I would want for my child. I would say, let's uh, take it easy on the uh, on the processed food. Let's take it easy on the shit. Let's get you eating right, and let's get you moving, and let's see how you feel in three weeks. Well, how about we talk to a psychologist? And that we'll do too, a, we'll yeah, talk to yeah. Them. But let's not now, pop a pill. But, but, but the same, but but be realistic that there may be mm-hmm. you know done carefully and gently. Just let, let's run for a pill is my thing. And um, you know it's interesting. You know Mike Catherine, the guy I do Love Line with, mm-hmm. does. A lot of work in therapy and in 12, so it really works on himself. And finally got in the hands of a guy who said, uh, you know, you did shitloads of hallucinogens and ecstasy. You you damaged part of your mood center. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a little this and that would make a big difference. He got on it, life-changing. Oh, yeah. And, and that, but that's a guy would not have done without the psychological work and the recovery, could not have done without that, and must continue that. Mm-hmm. But done properly, the medicines can really be important. But running ADD particularly scares me in adults because all my drug addicts have ADD. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear ADD as an adult, I just hear drug addict. Mm-hmm. So his concern is well-placed. He needs to be sure that he himself has never been addicted to anything, that there's no first-degree relatives with addiction, and that he really had formal psych testing, neuropsych testing, to be sure that it wasn't an anxiety disorder or something else that he's really complaining about. And then – and still, I agree with you. Why not try a little talk beforehand before you get maybe there's some behavioral management Jog stuff? Jog and talk. Well, it's not. this isn't for depression, though, at all. Okay, that's it's, true. It's for ADD. So. All, right. all right. Couldn't hurt. Chris. Let's Chris see. in Vegas. I put him up on line five. I'll try it again. Chris? He's been waiting a long time. All right. His or question she, is, uh, at what age is it appropriate to start talk therapy for a child? Well... <laughs> What are you trying to fix? Yeah, you don't do t- talk. The answer is you don't do talk therapy with young children, but there are there are people that. Well, need. you 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 you. I mean, you do all. But there are therapies of all kinds. Yeah, they, make they, something out of clay. Right. Just some of it's play therapies. Some of it's you know, there's all kinds of stuff, including but and behavioral therapies. We went to a behavior therapist when our kids were three, and it was extremely helpful. Extremely really, extremely helpful. Oh. Because we we real, we started we were like hey we're yelling all the time something is wrong mm-hmm. went to the behavior therapist said read this book do exactly what it says oh you and your wife did the five of us went oh, the kids went yeah too. and he was like here's how you do it do this time out here blah 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 mm-hmm. yep, change our life everybody was happier yeah so well uh, but I you know at, at a certain point like I you know when you have a nine year old and they're going to talk therapy what is the stigma that's attached to that not only that. It's it's never about it's about the family at that age. So the right, whole, everybody should be going. So yeah, yeah. And then there's also the you know act as if thing, which is like you know, again, this stuff we've turned it. We're way too up in our heads with this stuff. Literally, like, yeah. look, why don't you spend some time reading with your kid? Why don't you why don't you dance with your kid? Why don't you hug it out with your kid? And tell him how much you appreciate him and have some fun with him. You know what I mean? Like just. It, it's all there. I mean, it's it's sort of Ten Commandments shit. It's like, look, whether you're religious or not, it's like no shit. It, you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's, the Bible had it all in there. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. You know, honor your parents, honor your kids. You know, dance with your kids. Hey, you know, show joy around your kids, and not only show joy, but you know, I tell my kids all the time, I'm so happy you're here. I have so much fun with you. This is a good time. I'm glad. I'm glad you're with us. You know, I don't do the, uh, who's going to drive him to soccer practice? Uh, uh, uh. That's, to me, again, literally the simple act of putting on a song that you and your kid love and dancing your ass off in the living room is as, is as good as a trip to the therapist. That, that's me. All right. Uh, that's just me. Yeah. Don't do that in the bathroom after the porcelain punisher's been in there. You want to uh, spray that pine around. Support the show. I'll listen, Drew. You want to talk about first world problems? (laughs) Someone has shit up the indoor plumbing, and your 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 major beef is the smells of pine. No one feels sorry for you, Adam and Doctor Drew Show dot com. You're going to go. 
to Amazon. You're going to buy one of our many books. Well, you go to Amazon, but first you go to adamanddrdrewshow.com and you click through our banner. You go to the Amazon banner that's there and keep a little win in the uh, sales of the pirate ship and also subscribe. Use your PayPal button and, uh, you know, five bucks a month. That's all we ask. We will take a little extendo break like until uh, this Thursday, right? Yeah. Huh? No? Sunday. Yeah, but we'll take a break until this Thursday. Oh, until Thursday. Excuse me. Thanks, dick. (laughs) All right. Fucking kids don't listen. They're all hopped up. All right. So until next time, Sam Crolla for uh, Dr. Drew and Chris Max Pata and Gary Haftard saying mahalo. This is Corolla Digital.